Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson from Coldesi. And this is Mark Vila from Coleman and Company. And today we've got insights from the apparel geek. That's him. Yes, right here. Um, and for those of us just listening, not watching, Monty Mims. Um, I'm, I'm actually really excited to have Monty on the show today. Um, it could be the amount of coffee I drank this morning. It could be. Um, but <laughs> that helps. It could we, be you just don't have to talk to just me for the next 45 <laughs> yeah, minutes. That that's a good portion it. of it. And uh, we've wanted to connect with Monty on the show here now um, for almost a year. But, you know, Monty He's travels. Busy. And we've got a He's ton busy. of just Just, just in on. case you didn't yeah. know, in addition to being the apparel geek, uh, which if you participate in the Custom Apparel st- um, Startups Facebook group, which you definitely should, um, then you've you've seen him give some some great advice, some tips. Monty is also uh, with Sanmar, who's our go-to apparel company, uh, where we recommend and purchase blanks from, um, and is part of the Decorator Relations Group. So those are all reasons why we've got Monty on the show today. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So maybe why don't you give us like a, I don't know, just like a minute on uh, Sanmar, decorator relations, what you do. I mean, get make sure that the people understand that everything you say is really important. Sure. Yeah, good. Yeah. I like that. So to kind of build my validity card, um, I, am, I I grew up in my dad's under my dad's embroidery business, and he's a, a true old school guy for this industry. Um, the idea of decorating apparel for for business and, and even for retail isn't relatively that old. Um, and he got started in the 70s doing retail transfer shops, um, had a chain of about six stores called Foxy's. If there's ever anything more 70s than that, yes. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I like is. that. And uh, moved from retail transfer business to business to business uh, embroidery in 81. And so I was born in 77 amidst all of this and have been around it my whole life with, you know, Pellon on the floor and thread in my hair. That's great. And I was hired by San Marno 07, which was sort of an experiment for them because they had never hired a customer before. It had always been either folks from inside or other folks in the trade channel, reps with other companies. Right. So there was this question about, you've got this youngish guy, no outside sales experience whatsoever, yep. but has lived and breathed in his dad's business, appears to be like freakishly passionate about this stuff for mm-hmm. some reason. What happens if we bring him in and sort of mold and shape him under our way? And 07 was a big time for us, um, but I left Tampa, Florida, where I, I, I currently live now, moved to Jacksonville, and, uh, and, and took up a role as an outside sales rep, what we call territory manager. Did that for nine years, and then as you uh, mentioned earlier, for the last two and a half years, I've been part of a small group called Decorator Relations, and uh, we're sort of tasked to be the brain trust of all things related to decorative apparel. Mm-hmm. And part of the one of the fun things of my job is I get to connect and collaborate with companies like you all and uh, learn from your folks and do what I can to share back my insights. Yeah, awesome, and that's pretty much why if you go to the um, our uh, our brand websites. If you go to digitalheatfx.com or you go to digital um, dtgprintermachine.com, choosing the right T-shirt for the technology is a big deal. Yeah. And you'll see us. You know, when we test out shirts, um, the the you know we we work with Sanmar on which shirts to test. You know, we work with their decorate decorator relations team on recommendations, and you'll see like usually the top three or four shirts out of the five or six are all either. Um, a Sanmar, a shirt sold by Sanmar or a specific brand that's a Sanmar house only brand. brand. Yeah, right. house brand. Yeah, and one of the things that I get uh, people ask, you know, online and they'll say, well, you know, why do you guys recommend Sanmar, you know, or I've seen some comments like, oh, it's got to be a money thing. You know, everyone's yeah. always connected no. to everything. But it's been, I think, for me at least, it's a philosophical thing that 
both companies, our goal is, I think, not our, all of our goals, but yeah. one of the core statues of both of our com companies seems to be, if we help develop customers to be successful customers, then our customers will succeed in the industry, sure. while our competition's customers will struggle more. Correct. Yeah. So it's about knowledge, it's about a getting, the, you know, getting the right apparel, getting the right equipment, having knowledge and how to use it, uh, and combining all those things together, building relationships with customers. So when we tried to develop relationships with other apparel companies many times, yeah, and, um, and and it just it always fell through. It always turned into it was always a money transaction sure. of who's going to make more money. Yeah, not necessarily why. attentive. So yeah. that that kind of goes back to can you describe a little bit what exactly Decorator Relations is? You know, it's a, a recently evolved group. Uh, it, the the original genesis was with our channel manager Mark Bailey, who um, kind of started this ball with really just exploring and building a network of contract decorators. Um, here in the last three to four years though, we've had kind of stronger buy-in and resources from our ownership. And now, um, if, you know, if you look at our landing page, we are the accounts that I visit are contract decorators, but our, our service channels are, are growing by the minute. Um, Sanmar is, has a, an outside sales team that is one of the few that does not work on commission structure. So to your point, uh, Mark, we really kind of take more of a sales through education approach, right? Mm. We want to go into a business, learn about who they're servicing, how they're servicing, and apply our product and our, our service offering to them to be successful. Sometimes that means stepping out of our Sandmar cozy box and saying, hey, we just don't have this, but here's somebody that does. Right, which um, I've seen you do that yeah, in yep. Facebook group. I, I've, I've done that, you know, in many, in many ways and many times. And listen, we're all just, you know, kind of blessed or fortunate to work for a company that does believe in this philosophical approach um, and love finding these strategic alignments with companies that feel the same way because it's, it's a longer term approach, right? We don't want to just capture an order today. We right. want to partner with somebody for the long, long haul. Yeah. And so, so can you, um, just because we do have a lot of complete newbies here that sure. listen to the podcast, um, what's a contract decorator? So contract decorating has been around since the dawn of time. Again, my own dad started off as just an embroiderer and his first commercial location was right next to a guy who did screen printing, had a small percentage of his business to in users or in consumers, mm -hmm. but frankly, um, didn't want to kind of fall into a lot of the time trappings that you know new end users can sometimes capture you on. And so he knew enough people that were selling through our trade channel that didn't own equipment or own just embroidery or just heat transfer and said, I want to decorate for those guys. So a lot of contract decorators will have a kind of retail or direct price list, but they'll also have a wholesale price list right. at a discounted rate. Essentially companies buy from uh, a blank supplier like us, drop ship or bring to a contract decorator. They decorate it for wholesale rates and then you know either ship it direct to the end user or back to the broker or fellow decorator. Yeah. yeah. And th this is kind of a really useful business model that we talk about pretty frequently. Yep. So, you know, if you, for example, let's say you um, buy the 1501C um, behind me, which I highly recommend, by yes. the way, the Avance 1501C, let's say you are a home embroiderer, you want to start a business, you buy the 1501C and you start to get successful very fast. So that if you get a 500 piece order or a thousand piece order or something like that, you will literally work yourself into the ground one shirt at a time. You know, so what you might do is you might find a contract decorator that has um, seven, six heads and can do the same job in a day right. that would have taken you a month. And you'll still make money off the deal. Yeah, and, sure. you, and you make less money because you're paying right. someone to do labor for you. But but that's the problem is is turning away business that you could contract out sure, right and there's plenty of people who want who are in this business and they understand they sell it for a price knowing that it's going to be marked up yeah and and it's also because you know the first time you say no to a customer is often the last time you ever hear from them yeah now that's also a great circumstance by the way particularly with embroidery is if you get more than one of those big deals and it's within the first year then you know it's time to take advantage of the 100 percent trade-up guarantee Trade in your uh, Avance 1501C for a 15 for a six head, you know, so yeah. you can do things mm -hmm. six times faster. Is that your pitch? Your that, this was my. <laughs> I was on the edge of going. Today's episode is sponsored right. by That's the Avance right. 1501C, okay. but it, but it works cross um, platform as well, like you're saying. So 
I'm an embroiderer, I get a t-shirt printing. Right, right. You know, and I think it's it's like anything, um, so much of the use of that network or that concept is just awareness that exists. Um, we ourselves didn't know how big a scope that uh, we could uh, create with contract decorators. Yeah. So again, my channel manager, Mark Bailey, was tasked to do that 10 years ago. We're literally kind of celebrating our 10 years of this exploration. Cool. And 10 years later, our team as a whole, which literally went from one guy to a, a group uh, internally and externally, uh, managed about 700 contract decorators nationwide. Wow. So mm -hmm. I myself don't know what number I would have put on that, but maybe I have never have guessed something that big. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these businesses that are in our, in our uh, database and in our network, you know, are fully vetted. We do site visits. You know, 50% or more of their business has to be in contract decorating services. Um, since I joined the team and talking to a lot of these guys, I'm trying to get their um, kind of customer-facing uh, uh, websites to speak more to that language, to yep. kind of own their, their statements and not just tell us they do it. But um, we capture a lot of good data points on each decorator. So when someone does come to us and say, not just I need an embroiderer for 500 pieces, right. but you know I need somebody to do puff or dye sublimation yeah. okay. or something tricky. Right. Or even if it's screen printing, because we've got so many people on our database, we're sort of starting to push back with our information and say, if I send you every contract screen printer in the state of Florida, that's gonna be 50 names maybe. Yeah. Help me boil that down. Let's get pinpoint by location, pinpoint by technique, yeah. and equip you all with a good partner. So, so I think, and then maybe a piece of advice would be to set up contract decorators and be prepared now. Right. So when you have the order, yeah. you're not scrambling, right? And how would somebody take the first step to be able to do that? So you can email us directly. Our team has a, a, a joint email address, decoratorrelations, with an S, at sandmar.com. Okay. And that's a, that's a universal inbox, um, you know, looked at by three or four different people throughout the day. So, you know, should have pretty good quick response time. But to my earlier point, you know, pinpoint specificity. Let's find you a contract embroiderer who does hats. Okay. You know, that's one of the most yeah, common okay. ones is I've got a single head. Heck, I've even got eight heads, baby. Yeah. That's what my dad and I, when I was working with my dad actively, I think at our peak, we had only 11 or 12 heads of embroidery. Well, we, if we had a 300 piece hat job come in, again, we wanted to run flats. Those were more profitable oh, okay. pieces. Right. Mm -hmm. They're faster. Send the hats to these guys who have 200 heads and they've yeah. got 20 or 40 just for hats. I like that. So those kind of levels of, of specifics can help us pinpoint and, and the other thing that's important on this topic is you want to build a network, right? So again, my dad's been doing this 30 plus years. He still just does embroidery. He's got a forehead crammed in his garage now, enjoying nice. his mm -hmm. twilight years. Yeah. But he's got the small home-based printer who's really technical and artistic. He's got the big kind of low-cost printer. And he's even got two or three contract embroiderers where he still farms out goods. So yeah. you don't just want to have the one guy. You want to kind of build up a network, and we can certainly help with that. Yeah, so I, I, it's great to be specific then, as you said. So when uh, if you're listening to this now and you're thinking, I should be growing my business this way, you should yeah. probably write down what are some specific things you know you can sell to your customers you're going to run into, right. like you said, embroidered caps yeah. or yep. whatever it might be. Yeah. So. Have you had to say no recently? Right. Yeah. Whether it's for that? whether if it's for turnaround time or specific technique. Yep. But but honestly, like the the way we and a lot of our customers interact with Sandmar isn't through the contract decorators. Sure. It's actually just to soak up that free advice. Yeah. So yeah. so here's the thing is, and it sounds like a commercial for jointly sponsored by <laughs> Sandmar yeah. and, right. and this, and and I'm going to ask you about the apparel geek in just a second. Sure. But you know, it's it's this ability to call somebody that knows stuff. Yeah. You know, when you call most um, blanks distributors, or I mean, even equipment salespeople. Sure. You know, what you get is, um, you know, I sell white styrofoam cups. Yeah. I can tell you anything about this cup that you want to know. Sure. You know, it's not like, hey, I've got this problem, or I'm doing this technique, or this is my first time doing this. You know, do you have a either a person you can recommend help, right? Or what blank should I use? Sure. Yep. Um, and honestly, like we take all the the seasonal um, and the niche market brochures that yeah. you guys send out, and we just rip everything off of there that we can. We're, we're free just to like, do so. I mean, you can yeah. see yeah behind <laughs> us. This is a Sandmar display. This is awesome. Kind um, of. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the con that, well, the the apparel's all Sandmar. Yeah. Sure. And the idea was we we received some Sandmar uh, 
uh, brochures, catalogs, yeah. whatever they were. Right. And there was they had some sections built in that were all color coded and nice, really and we well our, organized. We said our showroom needs to look yeah, like yeah, that yeah. with color codes, uh, color coded and, and stuff like that. So this one's kind of your yeah. You've got the green, black, and white section. Yes. We've got all different types of of uh, apparel being decorated on this, and we're going to be doing our whole showroom like that. Yeah. Nice. And um, that and I think Sanmar encourages. You actually give instructions to your customers on these pieces how that to I build get. A retail right. Space, we went to IKEA. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the earlier point of, you know, we have heavily we're heavily weighted in a sales by education approach, right? Yeah. Um, and so we do. We have a a whole website, SamRU, that really was an internal uh, site and system and process that we had for training our employees. And year after year after year, we would send customer surveys out. And one of the most common things we would hear back from our customers was, I just hired a new sales rep. Where do I send them to get training, right? Yeah. I just, you know, I just got into the industry. Any number, any machination of that story would come to us and we'd go, well, you know, go to look at YouTube or attend a trade show, anything. Yeah. But it was so convoluted, right? So we sort of took that collected voice feedback and said, let's build a site system um, devoted towards education. And this ties into the collaboration with companies like you all, right? So you all are selling equipment to these customers. They're mutual customers of ours. Mm -hmm. You all have excellent insights and knowledge about the decoration process. We know our apparel very well. How can we collaborate? How can we yeah. get some training videos from you all uh, and share back, you know, respectfully? Yeah, yeah. I like that. So um, what does the apparel geek do? You know, the, the, the Barrel Geek sort of social media concept started for me about five years ago. I was still a territory manager at Sanmar. To everything we've already been discussing, I was getting these incredible insights and ideas from our sales team, from sales meetings, from customers. And I wanted the ability to share that back to certain customers. Not everybody yep, yep. is passionately interested mm -hmm. and cares as much as maybe I do. But as I was doing site visits with my accounts, I would go see somebody and then during my product presentation I would reference like an end user experience or here's a technique that maybe they hadn't thought of doing. I remember we came out with a varsity jacket. Uh, it was a sweatshirt uh, varsity jacket look. Yeah. Still in the industry, still a hot design. But to show that thing blank was kind of eh. But to kind of visualize the creativity that you could do with that was another step, right? So I wanted to be able to capture those inspiration moments and share them uh, with my customers. And I thought about ways to do that. And admittedly, at 40, I was on Facebook, kind of on Instagram. I hadn't really embraced social media, maybe to, to some degree uh, uh, that I should have. And so I started up a, a Twitter and then an Instagram and then eventually Facebook. Most of it's all through Apparel Geek. Right. Um, and it literally is just a sharing kind of inspiration portal for me. Okay. Um, I get to travel around the country. I get to do, do different things, see really cool things. And of course, if I'm in a customer shop, and they have a, a neat piece. I'll ask permission, of course. Can I take a picture? Yeah. Can I share this back? Um, and, you know, it, there's some folks out there looking for that. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, no, I love that. I would love to ask the apparel geek some questions. Fire away. Okay, Good. so this. This, is the one, this is the one that um, drives me insane. And this is this is actually Only why one. I'm this impressed. Is, this is the one why um, once I've had like a beer or two, I won't go on social media. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, do. I but appreciate that. Is that <laughs> Mark loves it? I'm sure. But no, it's this is what it is. Is that somebody um, classic? They design a they design a shirt. They print it out or transfer it or whatever they're doing, and they they do it. They wash it or they wear it once and it looks destroyed. Right. Right. And they, it always, what did, my machine is messed up. My paper is bad. I've got a bad batch of thread. Sure. My ink must be funky, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and it's almost always the apparel, I think. Sure. Because sure. they chose the wrong apparel. So right. I guess, how, you know, how does a customer pick the right apparel? And when do you, when do you think it might, what are maybe some signs that you realize that they chose the wrong piece of apparel? Sure. I don't know. Just throw some education on why the shirt they pick is so important for yep. the decorated. And I'll unpack a few things with that answer. Um, one, uh, again, our team is um, doing something in the last, call it, year, year and a half that, again, is uncharted territory. When someone uh, gets a product from us um, and, and does a decoration application to it and has some degree of failure issue, our team is now also responding with a kind of a troubleshooting solution there. 
we're trying to break free from the chains of you know we're the apparel guy blame the ink supplier yeah. we're the ink supplier blame the apparel guy right. and the customer or gosh forbid contract decorator and broker right. are all caught in the middle of this storm so that's another thing that our team is doing A- another callback to decorator relations at samar.com is i've bought a samar polo I'm having embroidery problems there's holes there's separation what's going on the team that i'm a part of collectively has 80 years of experience in in decorating apparel um, but more important than that, we're actually connected to a broader network of guys like yeah. you, mm-hmm. other uh, folks that do uh, trade, show, trade show teaching seminars, uh, contributing writers throughout the industry. And we lean on those resource connections to say, we're having a problem with this garment and this decoration. Uh, what can you do to help us fix it? And we'll get down to the analyzing the digitized file, t- you know, testing nice. samples. Um, so, so part of the answer for that is if you're having problems with something where it's a garment, it's been decorated, and something isn't lining up, you can definitely lean on our team and in Samar for support yeah, there. Okay. Um, I think the other part of your question is how do I start off by the right with the right garment to begin? Yeah, with, and right? that's kind of a big portion of it. Is sure you just you're doing sublimation, yeah. and you chose a cotton black t-shirt, yeah, black you know, cotton. And why it does it look bad? Yeah, sure. it won't yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, or sometimes it will. It seems like it should work. Sure. Um, you, um, I got a a really light gray, and I'm gonna put sublimation on it. Right. But the dye or the pigment that's in the garment yep. is really terrible for sure. sublimation. Yep. Uh, even though it it well, it's hundred percent polyester, right? So yeah. yeah. So how well, how do you? You know, I would say again, it leans back on companies that have some sort of advisory educational approach with their customer base. They don't want to just sell you a piece of equipment, and you know, don't support it after that. And so I think again, that's why we found ourselves in, in a good strategic alignment. Is someone buys you know uh, an Oki printer from you, some uh, a heat press from you all, you all there for advisory support later on. Same thing with Samar. They, they buy your equipment, they buy our product. We're there to kind of support them when they run into those curveballs. We hope to catch them beforehand, right? Yeah. So, you know, back to our Samar University site, you know, that's that's a, a portal now and a section where you can go read about dye sublimation, what it works on, what it doesn't work on. Right. So the, the real, you know, goal here is to try to get the education up to speed as quickly as possible before you start, you know, selling stuff that isn't going to fit. We know that's not 100% realistic. Yeah. So I think it's important to realize there's companies like Samar, companies like you all that can be there when you know the wires get crossed. So, so do you guys have? Because I, I know that we tested shirts for DTG, yeah. Yeah. Um, specifically, and for um, white toner printing. Yep. Specifically, is do you keep a list of so if um, if somebody does have a problem, right? Um, with with or without something that they purchase from Samar, let's sure. say it's sublimation or white toner printing, do you have a list of, well, that's a shirt that we haven't tested. It's not made of the same things. Sure. It's not treated the same way. Yeah. That's your problem. <clears throat> yeah. Dye sublimation is a really um, a specific technique that uh, it can easy, be easy to call out right there. Um, I do a lot of shows and we get a lot of new people coming in and they've just been educated on dye sub and they're excited and they're... And they say, hey, can this be dye sublimated? Maybe it's a polyester fleece hoodie. Yeah. And I always like to respond the same way. Technically, probably yeah. is kind yeah. of my common answer. It is 100% polyester. And I know you just learned that polyester yeah. equals successful dye sub. But hopefully the good educators in that room also sort of talked about some of the nuances. And for me personally, anything heat applied starts to get real sticky really quick. Yeah. I don't know your equipment. I don't know your background. I don't yeah. know your experience. I don't know what sort of um, pads, coating, silicone, Teflon sheets you're using. Yeah. So can this be done? Yes. Uh, with the right skills, with the right equipment, with the right dial-in. Um, so anything heat applied, whether it's heat transfer vinyl or dye sub, I immediately get a little tippy-toe about yeah. technically that polyester hoodie can be done. It wasn't designed for dye sub. And I think right. that maybe oh, is more okay. specific yeah. to yeah. what you're saying. We only have a couple pieces in our catalog or on our website that were technically engineered for dye sublimation, meaning the yarns are tolerant up to those 400 yeah. degrees levels. Other than that, people love to do dye sub on our sport tech pieces, ST350s yeah. and so forth. Can it be done? Yes. You might have to tweak some you stuff the to box. avoid press lines. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you get some sheen change? Certainly. Um, so, so we have to be very cautious and calculated of saying this yep. was made for dye sub. This can be done with right. some technique. And, and we run into that more frequently because um, you know on on our side with the digital heat FX line, we're just starting to offer right. dye sublimation options. Yeah. So, so we're going to get deep into that. But um, even on direct garment printing, which is now you know it's a it's a 
10, 12 year old technology, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, um, where, um, you know, even today we get customers that will, they'll try to print on a tri-blend. Right. And on this tri-blend, prints beautifully, yeah. works great, washes, looks right. bright. On this tri-blend, yep. all the numbers are the same. Right. You know, uh, it doesn't wash well. Sure. You know, and um, it's just it gets it gets really sciency. It does. That's really what I want to say. It's, it's really sciency. It's why. So when we decided we were going to try, and I, I have to emphasize the word try and own because we're certainly far from perfection at this point. Um, helping with these decoration challenges, your example is a perfect one. Yeah. Two tribalins, fifty twenty five twenty five. One DTG is great. I'm having awesome success. The other one theoretically should be having the same results. It doesn't, right? right? So when we take these challenges in, we do have to analyze them and get pretty specific. Yeah. Um, we just finished, and this was long overdue, we just got a jot form built that categorizes all eight major techniques and drills down into some very specific questions. So if you come to us with a DTG problem, say on yeah. our tribaline, We've got to get a lot more pertinent information out of you, down to your press, down to your heat, all the other variables that come into play there. If they're a willing dance partner, if yeah. they're going to give us the information and we'll get, as you put it, right. sciency with us, yeah. we can analyze those variables and see what, if anything, could be changed. And sometimes the result is it's just not the right shirt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I mean, like like I know to, to, to Mark's point, you know, that in, in the Facebook group and in customers that call in, I'm not going to say it's 90%, but a huge amount of the issues that customer, sure. customers experience with a variety of different decorating technology um, is is the shirt. Yeah, yeah. You and know, it, it really is. Some of it's like, um, and it's just like you can go on and on about it, but uh, some of it is uh, they got the shirt from, perfect example here, I made some shirts a few weeks ago. Sure. So, um, and I wasn't, it was very short time. It was right. like the night before we talked about yep. it. So my friend said, I'm going to stop. I got a couple shirts I'll drop off to you sure. and you bring them to work and we're going to Disney the next day. So um, they come by and I, and I, as soon as I felt it, I'm like, what, what'd you do to your shirt? Uh-oh. And, the, and it's like, I washed it. And I'm like, this thing is covered in fabric softener. Uh, I can no. feel it. Oh. I was like, this is going to not work. Yes. I was like, I will get it to stick yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. Right. This is <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We're going to temporary tattoo status yeah. now. Right. And right. Uh, so it's like you've got that. You've yep. got the... Um, just you, the wrong medium with the, the wrong, wrong garment. Yeah, yeah, the wrong medium with yep. the wrong garment. And, and there's a lot of, um, you know, if, if you consider, like I compare it to like, cooking baking sure right yeah. like if if somebody buys like premium grade sugar premium right. grade flour giardelli chocolate they get all the ingredients and make chocolate chip cookies yeah versus somebody bought the cheapest of everything right. yeah. baked it in the same oven there's a flavor difference there is and if you've got a, if you go and you try to find the cheapest possible shirt and don't regard right if it's good for what you're doing sure yeah. your apparel decorating method your apparel decorating method then you're gonna have failure on that. To that point, Mark, I would add, I would specify much more like baking, and I don't cook or bake. I just yeah. learned a lot from my wife. That's extremely specific, right? Yeah. If you vary some of those temperature, you know, time details, even just a little bit, all of a sudden you got cookie mush everywhere. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, a lot of these, again, spe specifically heat applied things, screen printing, you know, you have a little bit of uh, variables that you can have some slight adjustment to, but most people don't necessarily take that ingredients list or that, you know, cooking instruction or baking yeah. instruction as seriously, or they've been doing it a while, they get kind of lazy, complacent, and comfortable. Hey, yeah. just throw it on the press, we'll wrap it out real yeah. quick. Is it calibrated? No. Did you warm it up? Not really, but it'll it'll do fine, right? Yeah. And it's okay for a, you know, one-time use trip to Disney, yeah. not okay for long-term results. Right. Yeah, and there's so many things within that that you mentioned, the... Um, um, we just did a video on calibrating heat yeah. press. Okay, so um, I would be surprised if anybody listening to this right now did the calibration on their heat press sure. within a week. Yeah, yeah no, none, I, I, right? I, I so would bet. We got a brand new heat press in here, and it's a great product. We love it. And um, so but the, we were like, let's show how to use this tool. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. Right, so I call Michael in here and I say, "You know how to use this tool? Will you do a video for me?" And he says, "Sure." He pops it on there, brand new heat press, a oh, ten days old, right. ten degrees off. Oh wow, wow! wow. And it's just it's just a thing yeah. that happens, yeah. right? I mean, it was it was shipped, it was in a warehouse, who right. knows why? Um, but it was ten degrees off. Sure. Now um, 
that's fine for when we do most of the things that we were doing. Right. But if you get down to, you know, you're trying to do a specific polyester shirt and you're doing a white toner transfer and you're bringing the temp all the way down oh, to yeah. the minimum, it will stick. Yeah. Yep. Now that 10 degrees is the difference between it sticking or not. Uh, yeah. It's the same in, in DTG. You know, we're, we're getting shorter and shorter cure times right. on DTG through, you know, ink science and things like that. And the shorter that cure time goes... The uh, the finer the the window of, margin of error yeah, the, yeah the margin of error yep. gets really small for temperature and pressure absolutely so yeah that's a good look there, there's just so many things and um, so when when somebody is um, they're starting they're so they're they're starting with like a new apparel decorating method sure they they really love a bunch of shirts that they used before right all right and they've sold these to their customers but now they have to choose a different shirt do you maybe have any advice on how they approach their customers to say to because they have to tell them if i give you the same shirt sure you're not going to like it as much do you have any yeah. advice or things you're you know i i learned from my dad in the sales approach back then and i've had that kind of um ed educational refinement since working with sanmar um, one of the things i learned early on when with my dad's businesses we would constantly have end users come in and they would say i, I work as a landscaping company Here's the shirts we've been getting. Can you quote me on this? Can you get you know write me up for this yeah. shirt, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very easy. And I would say 95% of the time, when someone walks in your shop with that story, you just go, sure. Let me get the style out, write it down, and how many pieces, and same art as before. Okay, cool. The problem with that approach is you're making your entire sales strategy based on the last guy that that customer was dealing with, right? Yeah they maybe helped them decide what the right product was. They created the art, they did that. But guess what, that guy's in your shop now, right? He's not in the previous guy's business. Yeah. So unless you're dealing with a company who just is getting started, this is their first wave of apparel, if you just say, sure, no problem, I'll get you a price really quickly, you're reliant on the, that guy's sales approach versus, well, tell me what you do. Tell me who's using these shirts. Right. What do you like about the shirt? What do you not like about the shirt? Inevitably, if you ask four, five, six key questions like that, you're going to quickly discover, well, you know, now that you mention it, how many yeah. times have we heard that, right? Mm -hmm. They're yeah. never going to say it. It's not what was in their mind walking in the door. But as soon as you start asking questions, now that you mention it, we got this guy, Tony, he's like seven foot three, don't come right. in tall options, it's, sleeves are up to here. So you start to uncover a couple of things they don't like. Well, you turn that kind of reactive, responsive approach into an actual proactive sales approach. You've yeah. got a customer for life. That guy's yeah. gonna be coming back to you next time, not yeah. the next guy. And, and you've also broken out, uh, and that's great, you've also broken out of the of the $10 shirt range. Yeah, You, you know what I mean? You're, Did you're, you know you could get a, a name brand? Or, you're, you're no uh, longer right. competing with, with that same guy. Yep. You're yeah, absolutely like right. And the the a big challenge that you see is the, that they believe if they say no right. to this garment, sure. that they're going to lose the business. Right. But here's the simple fact. Right. Why are they talking to you sure. in right. the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they just go back to that other, that right. other shop? Yep. They messed up. They went out of business. They were overpriced. They moved. Yep. I mean, there's a reason yeah. why they're talking to you. Um, I, I mean... And, it's different when you're outbound trying to get business from sure. somebody else. Yeah. But that's where it comes down to the questions. Yep. You build the value by just asking, 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 asking. And you don't know if you're the third guy he's talked to that day yeah. or the first. But what you can bet on, and this is just my perspective and experience talking, is the other two guys said, sure. Let's see. I write that yep. style number yeah. down. Yeah, here. I'll, can I email you? Can I get your email? And they're just sending a reactive email back. My dad continues to get new business this way because he's a very knowledgeable guy. He's a, he likes to chat a little bit. And when he gets a cold call lead through his site, through somebody who knows somebody, um, he doesn't just take that approach where he's like, sure, I'll quote you on what you got last time. Yeah. He starts to dig in, ask a few questions. And next thing you know, he, again, he's not only found a solution, but he's got a customer for life. Hey, that, that's the difference in the way our companies do business as well. Sure. Right? So if you are interested in an embroidery machine or a white toner printer or a DTG printer, um, if, if you come to us looking for the, hey, this is what I want to do, you know, what's the, I, I got a quote from this company online right. or, you know, um, I, I, this is the price that I want to pay for it or something like that. You, you, you're not going to get uh, the answer that you're looking for from sure. us. You're going to get that conversation about 
well, you know, I mean, why are you looking at this piece of equipment? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what are you going to be doing with it? What kind of, are you, are you a startup? Are you going to need training? Right. Do you need support? Are yeah. you a pro? Right. You know, um, What's your marketplace? Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you yeah. have a niche market yet? Right. You know, you're going to get all of that. And, you know, there's, there's a value to that. And you'll end up being happier and as a customer of ours. And you can pass that same idea on to your customers. Absolutely. The more you get into their business. Right. The, the the more successful yeah. you're going to be, and and this is a, a trap that um, business owners fall into, sales people fall into. They say, "I don't want to probe too much. I don't want to be the type of person who seems like I'm always trying to upsell." To right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I said, "Okay, well, here this is the answer. Are are you trying to always upsell to them? Is that your only goal? Right. Because and if, well, no, I just want to make sure that." I'm giving them the right thing. Well, then you're not. Yeah. And if they think that, once you start doing it enough, you'll realize that every once in a while we go, oh, what are you going to do with it? Right. What's it yeah. matter to you? Yeah. And we say, yeah. well, yeah. we because if we I can, sell you this that. one, right. it's absolutely yeah, true. If I sell you this one and you don't like it, yeah. then you're really going to be upset at me. Yes. So it's just a conversation we're having. This is a, you know, it's a weird thing to say this out loud and, and the, you know, the, the Samar folks may not like this, but while I enjoy, you know, advising and helping people find solutions in our company, I almost derive a bit more enjoyment because I have the freedom to say, hey, listen, we have this piece. It's not really made for dye sublimation, but here's a company who does make product for dye sublimation. So it's often for myself personally, being able to help somebody, even when it's outside, you know, your direct wheelhouse. See? Again, I've got yeah. customer retention in spades I, and I, longer I, I, I've been trying, that strategy. I, I've been trying not to bring this up, but I can't yeah. because every Christmas we have a tradition with my daughter uh -oh. who's, uh, <laughs> even though she's 25 now mm -hmm. and married, every Christmas, somewhere around Christmas Eve, we watch Miracle on 34th oh, Street. Of course, yeah. And the whole point of the show is Santa Claus sitting in the, in the middle of Macy's, basically, and uh, and sending people to where they can find the toys cheaper, yeah, or the toys yeah. that are very unavailable. Good. It's the same yeah, thing. So congratulations on being Santa Claus. <laughs> you know, I did play him a few times as a child, but that, I didn't want to get into that today. I didn't want to get into that today. It's it's yeah, the it's, so it's the trusted advisor approach, yeah. right? That's ultimately what Samar wants from our sales team. Frankly, from all employees externally and, and internally is to say, hey, listen, let me help you be successful. Yeah. The more that I can help you be successful, the, the more successful your business will be. And I don't want to just sell you a product for today. I want, to, I want to continue to work with you, drive your sales up for the next 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah and, and this is the approach that, you know, like you listening to this, like you've got to take this when you're talking to somebody. When they approach you, like, because every day it's it's a fuzzy picture of a shirt. Where can I get this shirt? And, and that's fine. But for often enough, you've really got to dive into that approach. And also just like, I know that the person is tied to that shirt. Um, however, like this shirt is not their dog or their cat or their child. <laughs> right, right. They're really not that in love yeah, with this right. shirt. It's not a car yeah, purchase. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's a big deal. They liked it. Right. And yeah. they would, they, they, they believe they would like it again. Yeah. Sure. Or... They got a shirt from Company A, and it was bad right. because because that person did nothing. They just bought the yeah. cheapest shirt and decorated yeah. it the cheapest way, and they hated it. So then they go to Company B, and this and that company just asked some questions sure. and got it right. Yeah. yeah. So they they think the best solution is to duplicate that with you, but they're not going back to Company B. Remember right. that. Right. Always remember that. Yeah. So um. So now this is you just say you just take maybe the last person they went to did take the right, right sure. approach. And, so and you do it too, for you though. I under, I understand those those pictures that they post where, you know, I'm looking for um, socks with a zipper all the way around. Yeah. You know, I mean, right, right. I understand stuff like that. Yeah. But if it's it's something maybe like marginally unique or or it's just a particular brand or... V-neck tribe lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. If, if it's a particular color, then, um, then I guarantee that you're not charging them for the research it's taking you to find that shirt. Right, right, yeah. And set up a relationship with that vendor. Sure. I see that in hats all the time. Yeah. I've got to have a Richardson 112 hat. Right, right. I've got an order for eight. Yeah, you, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Does anybody know a wholesaler? Right. No. You know yeah. what? The guy that I buy my shirts from has this hat. Looks a lot like that. Right. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean. And uh, another question I is about um, colors. Sure. Okay, so... Um, this is something maybe you could draw some some geek on, some education sure. on. But I remember when I was first getting into this industry, I was making a handful of shirts. I think it was just for some friends. 
and uh, we were, I, I don't remember what it was, but we had like three different colors. Right. So blue, awesome. You know, green, awesome. Red, just the colors were bleeding uh, on it. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like, and we're like, what happened? Right, right. You know, yeah. um, and then I've had, I've noticed it, you know, throughout the years that sometimes you get a particular color that the decorated method seems to fail yeah. in it. Sure, why, sure. why is that? Or, or... So there's different um, dye stuffs in certain colors and um, red, it, it's, you know, probably there's a reason it's associated with the devil, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a terrible color in so many ways, um, especially for decorating. So, um, you know, with the advent and rise of polyester in the last, you know, 15 years, um, red, black, dark, these dark colors, these deeply saturated colors, um, we're challenged with dye migration, right? And it's heavily affected with anything heat related. So it, it affects heat transfer vinyl and definitely affects yep. screen printing. Um, one of the reasons I love SAMR is because we do have that, not just education or approach of saying, here's what we know, but we also um, bring in the, the collected voices or feedback from our customers' problems. So we were uh, really the first company to take the dye migration problem head on. We already had a pretty strong selling uh, polyester series under our ST350 Sport Tech line. Mm -hmm. But um, about, I think it was about six years ago, we decided to go from a standard dye process with our polyester to what's called a cationically dyed process. And it was a deeper, um, more heat tolerant setting of the dyes. And the cationic dye process had been in the industry for a little bit in a little way, but because the um, supply had not built up, the cost was very high. Well, we took our best seller and said, listen, because we are the company we are, we're gonna invest in that like better suited uh, technology. We're gonna be able to buy it at scale to keep the cost relatively low not change our yeah, pricing, yeah. but ultimately provide a solution to the industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Six years later, I think if you search PosiCharge or, or Cationic on our website, we've got well over 100 styles that you can decorate in those mediums without bleeding and dye migration. That, yeah. that. Similar story goes with, with snagging. Picking and snagging on yeah. polyester shirts was a, a thorn in everybody's side for yeah. many years. Snag resistant, snag proof technology prevailed. Uh, and, and it came from listening to your customers' challenges. Hey, listen, I think the best the the best way to decorate anything red yeah. is embroider it. Yeah, I really, yeah absolutely. I really do. But so so just to kind of break yeah. this, kind of de geekify this. A sure, little bit. sure. So the problem with um, there's problems with polyester for a right. couple of reasons. Um, and if you think about it in layman's terms, polyester is basic. You can think about it as a plastic. Sure. It's 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 almost like a plastic material. What happens when you heat up plastic? If you put um, plastic in the oven, if you put it in the microwave, if you put it in a heat press, the shape of it changes, the color of it changes. It basically melts. Right. So yeah. whenever you apply anything to a polyester shirt, especially temperature and pressure from a heat press, it can change the color. Yep. The, the dyes uh, yep. that the uh, various printing technologies use um, changes it changes color right it interacts with the plastic differently and wavy lines yeah lots it, of it's, weird stuff it, it, it's it's weird yeah yeah it and, is and it's just like there's there's microwave safe bowls made of plastic sure. and there's none yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's the same with the apparel is that there's there's apparel that you've just mentioned right the dyeing process the apparel itself is designed for heat and pressure yeah. and there's ones that are not right that doesn't mean the one that the bowl that doesn't say microwave safe won't be safe to melt butter for 10 seconds it right. might be fine sure just like you can take a, a shirt that's not necessarily designed for this but you could put a silicone sheet on top of it and work around with it and it sticks and it washes right. well but you you're i compare this a lot to uh, often in my in my head to to baking and sure. to cooking because yeah. i love to cook i love to bake it's one of my hobbies and i notice it's all the time so um, you can take that same batch of cookies. Yep. You could cook them at 400 degrees for 15 minutes. You can right. cook, cook them at 425 for 12 minutes. Sure. You know, so the same thing happens yeah. with a heat applied. Yeah. And um, it's just something that there's not one answer sure. to how to bake a cake. There are, there are, are there's an infinite, right. almost. There's, there's billions of answers. Yeah. To, to kind of tie a ribbon about this subject, you know, so much of what um, is affecting our industry is coming, most all of it stems from retail. You know, I've seen this from yeah. the earliest days where, you know, the, the polo lines that uh, companies like us were carrying um, heavily weighted, if not brand specific, to what was happening in the golf industry, right? 
So we are living in the golden age of polysynthetic materials. Yep. You have moisture wicking fabrics and performance everywhere. fabrics everywhere. I think back 15 years ago and walking into a Target store, how they had maybe a couple of racks of like workout apparel. Mm -hmm. right. Now it's like half the department's devoted to yeah. you know poly spandex. Leisure. Tri-blends, arguably the biggest thing happening in our industry right now. If I could show you the sales on a, on a chart, it's, it would just be a straight line going up. Right. And again, heavily polyester, rayon, even more mm -hmm. heat sensitive yeah. than, than polyester in many ways, a little bit of cotton. So here's what happened. Starts at retail, affects our business. People are demanding it. They've got a retail shirt. They love it. They love the way the shirt feels. They love the way the design's done. Well, now our two companies are now tasked to source and suss out. How do we get that yeah. shirt to work uh, with your equipment? And how does your equipment work on which shirt? So again, it, it, it kind of ties together everything we've been talking about, which is you know the collaboration efforts between blank wholesale apparel vendors and the people that sell equipment yeah. are going to be good allies mm -hmm. in helping customers find solutions. Yeah, and that's that's really something that you you know that you have to impress upon your customers when they come into your shop too, with that example. Sure. You know, like they 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 have a. $200 pair of tights from Lululemon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've got, you know, they've got something from a specialty store that they really love. Sure. Um, there are a couple of stores that are great because the brand is just basically a small vinyl logo. Right, right. Bring those all day long. Right. But you know, they'll bring mm -hmm. you something and they'll say like, I really want this. This look, this and feel. This is, yeah. And this is where you have to go like, um, not on that shirt. Sure. You know, these guys are the manufacturers. They do this before they even sew the shirt together. Yeah. You know, it's done in a specialized factory, but here's what I can do. I used to tell people all the time, and it's, I'll take a little page up TLC, don't go chasing, instead of waterfalls, unicorns, right? Yeah. Customers would come in all the time and they would want things that just aren't feasible. Yeah. yeah you yeah. just said a key thing there, which is, you know, so much of what's in retail is done at these pre-production factory levels where they've you know embellished the hat before it's been even constructed yeah and i can get close you know with the materials and the equipment i have but it's just not something i can reproduce and yeah. and i've seen too many people waste too much time going down the rabbit hole looking for something that just simply is a unicorn not not meant to happen right yeah now. i know there's a, a good example behind me so i'm just going to reach back here yeah, yeah this sure. has caught my eye since i walked in the room so so here, that would have been a unicorn for yeah, me yeah so, so so here's the deal I, I am holding up a retail sneaker we bought yeah. the cheapest white one that we could find sure um, but we've got an embroidered design and on hold it. Hold it a little higher. A little yeah, higher. There we go. So we've got an embroidered design on it that's that's just awesome. Well, you know, someone, you know, people like all over printing. Yep. Uh, when I was up at uh, Plymouth State University, one of our clients up in New Hampshire uh, last week, and they, um, you know, one of the students was wearing something that had rhinestones on the side and had embroidery around the toe. And there's a lot of this kind of throwback embroidery on shoes going on as sure. well. Sure. 99% of that is done um, before the shoe is assembled. Yeah, yeah. Right? You can see, like, this is, you know, five years ago even, you would not be able to put this on an embroidery machine and and, and change it. Um, you'd have to do it before it was stitched. Right. Right? But now, you know, with something like the embroidery grip and a little ingenuity from the folks at Coleman & Company, you can actually decorate a sneaker. Yeah. But if someone comes in with this hugely decorated sneaker yeah. and says, I'd like you to do this. Sure. I can't do that. Yeah. You, you know, have to be the expert. Yeah. Right? But here, be, here's what can. I can do. I can do something like this. You sure. know, let's be a little tasteful. Let's customize it. We'll put this on it or that on it. And and you can do this now. You can embroider on sneakers now. Um, you just can't do it like, um, you know, Tom's does yeah, you know, sure. before it's assembled. Yeah. Well, I think that this is something that, that Monty, you could probably give us some good education on sure okay so somebody comes um, online and they they bring the um, Under Armour or a Nike or an Adidas you know a brand shirt and they yep. bring it to, and they say um, I want you to find me these I want these decorated sure right? and you feel the material and, and they're just like I don't recognize this from anything that I've bought from many of my wholesalers yeah um, so for one it's you know they can start off by educating the consumer right you know that say okay this this is how it works yeah all right when they invent when they invented this material, right? They invented this for this shirt in a sure, laboratory. They're, they're a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> company, and they right. produce this shirt just to sell. 
to to target. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's that's how exclusive that shirt is. Right. Yeah. right. So I can't buy it. Right. It's, it's impossible. Right. All right. Um, I can get a Nike sports shirt. Yeah. Or something like or it. Or something yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah. You know. Um. But but the Nike sports shirt that's like the Nike sports shirt you're handing me is going to be different. Sure. Because yep. Nike made a deal with this. Right. You know, right, they right. have some exclusivity. Yeah. They put technology. They specifically are trying to sell it blank. Yeah. For fifty dollars, and the other thing to be careful about when when talking about, and I think this is a, a subject matter that you know your customers certainly deal with, um, customer or end user supplied goods, right? My dad and I dealt with that challenge all the time. They'd go to Ross, Marshalls, yeah. uh, Target, and bring goods in for embellishment. So I have some I have some insights and thoughts on that subject matter. For your particular example, you know th- there's an inherent risk of taking that retail poly sure. Nike shirt, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to do heat transfer vinyl or screen printer embroider. And it's damaged. It's bleeding like a stuck pig, right? Because it's not using the technology that's in the industry that's preventing yeah. that. Nike didn't care. They never thought this was going to be on somebody's, you know, basketball team with you know white heat transfer vinyl that's now turned right. pink. Yeah. So there's that risk. Um, the way my dad and I used to manage uh, walk-in customer-supplied retail product yeah. was a couple of tactics, and I I counseled and coached these tactics through my my career as an outside rep because I saw it all too many times. Um, people would come in, take way too much time, bring six dress shirts, say, can you put my logo on there? Yeah. They weren't charging enough. Um, they've had an incident with the, 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 the equipment now, and now they're now they're paying the customer back for a damaged shirt. There yeah. goes all their margin gone, yeah. right? And again, when I was decorating garments, it was 15, 17 years ago. The in- in- industry was a micro fraction of where it's at now with product offerings. You were lucky if you found a lady's placket that had the buttons going the right way. Yeah, yeah. Now we've got plaids and performance pieces, yeah. and there's just as many options in our industry as are almost as at retail. Yep. But when they bring it in, a couple of things my dad and I did as deployed strategies was one, and I got on my best legal hat and I typed up a waiver, a simple waiver that just said, you know, acknowledged yeah. how many pieces they had, how much we were charging them, but also pulled us out of that responsibility. And I would say the same line every time taking a high velo- a needle and I'm punching it at a high velocity through your fabric. Stuff happens. Right. If I rip a hole in there or something happens, I'm not going to be responsible for replacing that Lacoste polo or whatever yeah. they brought in. And two, charge them an inordinate amount of money, right? There's so many times when I see people undervaluing their time yeah. and in this case their risk. Yeah. So now you're going, hey, you thought you got the golden goose because you went to Marshall's, you found this Lacoste polo, originally $100, you bought it for $25. Right. Well, I'm going to charge you 10 or $12 for this teeny tiny logo. Yeah. Let's combine the numbers together. You're all in for almost 40 Meanwhile, I've got this shirt that I could buy and sell yeah. and decorate it for 30 yeah. No risk, no hassle driving to the store. So it, it's something I think customers still battle with. Uh, people yeah. walking in, thinking they found a deal, thinking they have a product you can't supply for them. And it's ever more important to educate, um, take the risk off the table, charge them a lot of money, because you're either going to make that money yeah. or you're going to convince them that your deal's better than theirs. Well, one thing that we talk about um, pretty frequently in the podcast is this idea of having your own menu of approved garments that you've worked with yeah, in the past. very smart. So, so, you know, you've got a selection. And it could be that, you know what, um, that, that shirt's gonna be a little problematic, or, you know what, I, feel, I would feel a lot better if you let me, you know, work with this great shirt, sure. about 100% success with, or, you know, and here are, here are all the shirts that I can work with. Yeah. Which yeah. one of these do you like? Yeah. And provide value to those yeah. shirts beyond what it is. Right. If I, all right, if I do this shirt, here's my legal document you have to sign. And I'll, <laughs> right. it'll, 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 I'm telling you, I'll make it look amazing to yeah. the best of my ability. Um, or if you provide my shirt, this, this is what you get. Any sure. mistakes are on me. Yeah. Um, I will, I will give you a... Whatever, whatever you want to do on particular yeah. shirts, maybe you give them a shrink warranty. Right, right. If yeah, it shrinks, right. if it shrinks within you know two weeks sure. of you washing and wearing it, I'll, I'll I'll replace you a new one. Yeah. Whatever, whatever things you want to do. If the apparel falls off, bring right. it back to me. I'll fix it. Right. You yeah. know, and you can provide whatever type of warranty or assurance. other things. Right. Assurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, an assurance. If if I do yours, the only thing I could say is I could do my best. To get it to stick or yeah. poke through, right? Yeah, right. And, and here's another great, um, great offer to make to your customer. It says, "Okay, so you're you're wanting a dozen of these Lacoste polos yeah. customized. You're wanting a dozen now. 
are you ever going to want to do this again? Right. Oh, yeah. In six mm-hmm. months, in, in a year. Good luck finding gonna that be regular? Marshall's rack. You're yeah. not going to be with, with right. um, fast fashion now. Yeah. You're you're not gonna. It's not gonna make the next season. Right, right. You know, let alone when you come back in six months. How about we pick something that we we are reasonably sure is going to be available over Tried and true. Like the ST three fifty, which I'm sure we've got some in this building. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, like these commercially available yeah. um, wholesale blanks that I'm going to have year after year after yeah, year. Sure. So yeah. it's a good pitch. And this stuff's not easy to pitch that all the time. Right. No. It's not like we're just saying this and everyone's going to say yes. Right. It's going to involve you turning away some customers sometimes. It's going to, but the people that you do do business with sure. when you do this, yeah, like just like you said, they're customers for life. They're going to really refer you, right? Because they're going to say, "I went in, I tried to do this. He convinced me to do this." Yeah, like I'm so much happier whenever I have an issue. Like one time I had this embroidery, and, and for some reason I got all crimpled. Right, I just brought it in. And the next day, you know, she gave me a new one. Yeah. And they're going to tell these stories yeah. compared to, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to tell the story of if you go to this place, you can get this done for eight bucks. Right. Um, but the being the cheapest does not, is not long lasting. Yeah. When you're a trusted advisor in these instances, and we've certainly referenced a few different cases of relation here, um, it takes, it honestly takes, and I witness this every day, I, I still occasionally keep in touch with my dad. Uh, and hear these success stories through him. When you bring in these value-added services, when you act as a trusted advisor, whether it's proactive or reactive, it honestly, and I've seen this all the time, it takes price off the table. It really takes price off the table. So in our latest instance of a a supplied garment, so you're the third shop, this person has walked in, brought their Lacoste polo, said, hey, how much would you charge to put this logo on? The other two guys just gave her a quote, $8, $10, whatever it was. You're the one guy that stopped, had thoughtful questions and insights, shared this reality. Again, like you said, I can do it, but here's the risk and liability involved. Or did you know? You know, how many times we say, did you know? These people have no earthly idea about our industry, the access of product. I can't tell you how many times I saw somebody that was about to sell a, a sport tech polo with a logo for 27. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, I could do a Nike polo or a retail yeah. brand polo for only about eight or ten dollars more. And they're like, I didn't even know that was an option. Much yeah. less yeah, 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 the yeah. price gap. Well, they just sort of, whether they realize it or not, unintentionally upsold yeah. and brought that trusted advisor value to them. And the two other guys that they just talked to didn't mention that at all. Yeah. They just went, all right, so yeah, uh, sport tech polo, so, so, yeah, twenty-seven dollars. Yeah. So, and, so, so the answer, the answer to can you embroider these five Lacoste polos with right. my, my logo on the other side? The answer is definitely um, yes. Sure, you're gonna love this polo that I can give you instead. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's not it's not yeah. no. Right, it's, right, it's, right. It's yes. Yeah. Look at this one. And then, uh, another great value behind it is like what, this rack behind us right here is that so and I know Sanmar does a great job of this. You've got certain lines of apparel that all come in these color spectrums. Ma- matching. Yeah. Yeah. Matching. Yeah. So so you can get the shorts and you can get the shirt with the stripe that's got the shorts with the yeah. line yeah. that's got the bag. I don't know, you know, all the different things, all the different parts and pieces to it. So when you're getting ready to you find this one off one or they buy something from Target or they're bringing you something from the Under Armour store. Sure. You're not going to be able to do all of that. Right. So coordinate. you can coordinate your upsells and then immediately you turn. I can also do this shirt. By the way, it'll be cheaper. Also, like check out and, you, you know, you turn the page over to the to your Sandmar catalog where it's got like 15 things that are all have the same color chart. Correct. And yeah. then all of us now all of a sudden the customer, they when you look at that and they say, yeah, our team would love this. Yeah. Or we, yeah. we can't afford that now. Right. But right. next time we're going like to get that. those pieces. Listen for the words, I had no idea. Yeah. Right. That's when you know you had an aha moment with your customer. And again, you're providing that value. And you're, you're going to have a customer for a longer residual. And, and I, I mean it when I say price comes off the table because you know they, they start to value you for just writing that order up. Uh, versus, you know, the ultimate goal, which is to say, this this guy shared insights with me, asked me questions nobody else bothered to do, uh, re- you know, revealed some options for me, gave me that good, better, best yeah, strategy, yeah, yeah. like you said, and, and and package it all together, and, and that's somebody who's got my business yeah. forever. And cool. it's everywhere, everywhere yep. you look. What's what's the most popular car? 
Sure. What's the most popular phone? Right. We know what's if you just look up the most popular and look it up. Yeah. It's oftentimes it's a brand of something that took all of all of these concepts into it. You know, yep. like iPhone, most popular phone. Why? Yep. They kept going to customers. Well, would you? Oh, you want your thumb to be able to reach the corner, sure. so yeah, we can yeah. build in this function. And they kept doing that. And like you know, I have a Camry, one of the most popular cars out there. And it's all these little form and functions they built sure. in. And and they're not custom building cars like we're custom building right. garments. Yeah. But we but what they're doing is they're taking the knowledge of a whole and putting it out there, and they're turning it into it. Sure. So if you want to be the most popular shop in your area, and you and you want that repeat business consistently like Apple gets and yeah. all these other folks get is you have to provide that value. You just get the benefit of doing it for every customer sure. individually, yeah, which I, is really I like cool. That a lot. Yep. I like that a lot. Well, I mean, I, um, it feels like we've been talking for like two yeah, hours. Yeah, we've been talking for 59 minutes. Okay, so that's that's about perfect. That's about perfect then because I think we could do this all day. Sure, um, yeah. Is there, um, before we wrap up, and, and we'll put links in the um, in the notes sure. to Samar, to Samar University, yep. where can people kind of engage with you as the apparel geek? Yeah, so you know, apparelgeek.com is probably the easy starting okay. point. Okay. Uh, I do have a, a basic WordPress site. Don't judge me on it. It doesn't get I'm updated. Absolutely going to judge yeah, you. Please, You're please. Be judged. Um, but I think it's easier than naming off all the different social media portals. Um, if you're on Twitter, that's easy enough at apparelgeek. If you're on Instagram, long story short, I had to sacrifice and go with Apparel Nerd. Um, okay. But why didn't but, you do real apparel? Uh, yes, gosh, that's, I had so many people say. That's what, what you got to do. Real that's apparel the cool underscore thing. geek or dot geek. No, I'm changing mine. Thing. I'm yeah. changing mine to real. Uh, the, real the real apparel geek. Yeah. But if you go to apparelgeek.com, you'll see kind of my um, some basic housed information. I do post probably once a quarter on there. You know, something beyond the social media link uh, stuff, whether it's a new Sanmar launch or something I, A, have the time to, and yeah. B, feel passionately about. I do have some decent content on there. But look at me for uh, apparelgeek.com and um, on sanmar.com. It's a little hard to find, but under our resources tab, decorator relations. Again, most of what we talked about uh, today, whether it's um, sourcing equipment, yeah. finding solutions for challenges, sourcing contract decorators, mm -hmm. Uh, are all things that our team is owning. And then, as you mentioned earlier, Samar University, great content there for education. Yeah, yeah, and also if you go to any of the apparel decorating trade shows, Sanmar is always there. Sure. Most of the time, Monty is there. Yeah. Just walk right up to him and ask him Please why Cold Essie is so awesome. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and if you come to our showroom, you're going to see tons of Sanmar apparel as well. Yeah. Um, I have a question I didn't ask, though, so maybe we can finish one last All question. Right. Okay. Short it's the big one. one. It's the big one. Uh-oh. Um, how, how do you recommend um, people listening to this communicate wash instructions because oh, that's a boy. big deal or is it a big deal it is a big deal okay. and, and this is a good and interesting subject it's one i thought about writing a, a content piece on um wash instructions are, are very tricky i think what i can encapsulate this answer in is with performance fabrics okay um i was uh probably about six or seven years ago i was doing a project uh, product training uh as i did with with my customers twice a year and we were talking about uh performance polyester polos and inevitably, going through the cycles, you'll hear occasional comments about, oh, I don't sell those darn poly shirts because they smell bad. You know, that would be something that would occasionally come up. Well, it would be easy enough for me to just go, oh, yeah, I feel ya. Sorry. I not, don't know what, you, you know, what the answer is there. If you look at inside of every performance garment, I've got a performance woven on right now, you'll see on the care instructions several keywords. Do not use fabric softeners. You know, you referenced mm -hmm. that earlier in yeah. decoration techniques. They're a nightmare. They're, well, they're not designed or intended for synthetic fabrics. So gone are the days, and this might be information for you all, of doing your laundry in lights and darks. That's yeah. really not how you're supposed to wash clothes anymore. It was back in the day when everything was cotton, maybe yeah. a blend. Yeah. You didn't want to get, you know, your dark burgundy shirts to maybe have some dye carry yeah. over to your white shirts. But what you have to do now with your laundry is synthetics and naturals is what I would call it. So here's all my cotton stuff. Here's my nice dress pants, maybe yeah. my khakis. But then here's my performance polos, my wife's yoga pants. I mean, if you start to really look at your laundry load like that, you're like, gosh, I do have enough stuff now yeah. to make a separate load. 
And the naturals should get fabric softeners because those materials are designed to keep the uh, fabric soft and let's face it, smell good. Yeah. But when you try to apply fabric softeners to performance fabrics, they actually get stuck embedded into the yarns, into the pores. Um, that prevents the breathability of the garment. And then you do have, your, if, if you're wearing it against your skin, you're, you're going to probably have some sweat that incurs. You're going to get bacteria there. It's going to build up. Rinse cycle, repeat, yeah. rinse cycle, repeat. Now you got a stinky shirt that doesn't breathe very well. Yeah. And it's put a bad rap on performance shirts until they start to change their perspective on separating your loads. That's yeah. great. And, and there, there's just so many different things that I just find to be interesting about that wash instructions and then um should so now does can sanmar help with some information if they buy apparel from you to maybe get some recommendations on recommending on how to wash it or yeah i mean i think most of our customer service team will have um some insights there okay. um you can certainly come to uh, me directly on some things um but i think if you ask most of the folks that are answering the phones at sanmar they'll at the very least be able to kind of reaffirm what that content is okay. um, discuss a few of the basic parameters about what should or shouldn't be done with with a wash and upkeep but we, it is a good question. We see that failure, and it hurts both our companies because they think the shirt's at fault. They think the material's at fault. Yeah. It really just came down to somebody who was cooking their stuff in the dryer, you know, uh, uh, materials cracking, shirt shrinking, and ultimately it, it came down to the, uh, yeah. the user's yeah. uh, wash, yeah. wash instructions. Yeah, no, so it's good. Well, uh, great. Well, I'm glad we were able to finish off. That was something I just found to be just important. It's a good question. And I, I love it. Just run into it so, yeah. so much yeah, because yeah. I've got shirts that I've washed. I've got digital white transfer um white toner transfer shirts that i that i make for my daughter sure and um there's one that i made uh october september last year it's just a big picture of a kitten it's right. in some of our videos that we've sure. done um and she, that's her, like her favorite shirt and she's worn it she wears it i mean every single time it can be worn right. it's worn and then it's washed within a week and so she's and it looks still awesome i don't nice. know how many washes are in yeah. it you know i mean 20 30 right. it's not cracked it's not broken apart it's yep. not peeled so then when I, when folks get on there and they talk about washability on sure. types of apparel then um and it's true of heat transfer vinyl and dtg yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter yeah right? um that uh that they really this all oh, this stuff doesn't wash right right and i'm just like it does wash if what you read the instructions if you read the instructions what are you doing and if you don't know the instructions maybe you've got to um do a little testing yourself as sure. a business owner Very and good. make your own wash instructions for your apparel and the uh, the catalog that you approve give them instructions and tell your customers this is important yep i'm putting it in here if you come back and it's damaged I'm gonna know why. Right, yeah, right. So anyway, like that. that's the end, I think, for me. Okay, that was good. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, thank you, Monty Mims. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Carol awesome. Geek, for coming yeah. by. We really appreciate that. Um, you are gonna see all the places that you can get in touch with um, Monty in the uh, in the show notes yep. today. Sure. And uh, if you uh, feel like this was a great podcast, which honestly you should, because it was a great podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you feel like that, if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, please share it. Uh, if you are consuming this on a podcast service like iTunes or Stitcher, or whatever, wherever you're doing that, you know, please give us a, a review. We would really appreciate that. Uh, share it with your friends. Hit the and, subscribe uh, button. Right? Hit the subscribe. Yeah, button. subscribe. You know, deal. hit the notification bell. You know, yeah. on YouTube is another one now. Um, and then uh, further from that, if you want to, if you feel like you learned something and you got some action things, yeah. that's one of the one ways you can pay us back. You know, of course, like buying from our companies, all that's awesome. Yes. But a very simple awesome. way that's free to pay us back yeah. is hit share to Facebook, you know, share it on, on Twitter, whatever you want, you know, like it, thumbs up it, subscribe. And all those things really help us out. It helps yeah, other people sure. out. So do that. That'd be awesome. Cool. And it's free. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, thanks again. This has been Mark Stevenson from Coldesi. And Mark Vila from Coleman & Company. You guys have a good business. Woo! <laughs>